Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Beep, beep, beep for port. That's, that wasn't necessary to say that. Max hit him. Here's what we do. Uh, because we haven't had a show in a number of weeks, I'm going uh, to do my best to keep this train rolling. Uh, <coughs> that, was, that was it, huh? That worked. Yeah. yeah. Right, right that on the golden. tracks. <laughs> Good, I'm going to blow my nose in if this is what we're doing. We'll stop for nothing. <laughs> 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 There's no rescue on this pony show. I even if I try to do a ride, it's just not possible. Um, there was an article in Christian Post that says most adult U.S. Christians don't believe Holy Spirit is real. That's a mistake, huh? Is that, that explains su- a lot? Is that surprising? <laughs> uh, well, now here's the thing: is I could be accused uh, with my words of believing in the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of my actions uh, would portray that I don't. Right, depending on things that I'm not willing to trust the Holy Spirit with. Right, if I was going to use it as a like a counseling session with a dude and be like, "Look, man, practically you claim to believe in the Holy Spirit, but like with all your actions, you pretty much act like the Holy Spirit got nothing to do with it." Yeah, so I suppose uh, that's one of the questions. Like, what do they mean? So it says, um, of an estimated 176 million American adults who identify as Christian, just six percent, or 15 million of them, actually hold a biblical worldview. What? The finding was published by the Cultural Research Center of Arizona. I don't care. Doesn't that uh, mean they're not Christian? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm just. I yeah. kind of depend. Oh well, it depends. I think it depends. If someone goes, "Hey, w- do you believe the Holy Spirit?" For someone to go, "Boy, I just, I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it." Like, I'm not sure that's a denial of the Lord Jesus saving them. I think it's a. I don't understand how that works in and of this world. Well, I was going from the whole biblical worldview, though. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that was a stinger of a headline. I don't know why they're saying that. Like, I, I guess the question is, is that fair? If someone, if someone said, hey, I don't understand the Holy Spirit yeah, or different. the Trinity in general, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. how do I think about it? Does that make them not a Christian? I don't, I don't think so. Right, right. Yeah, so I think it kind of depends on what they mean. But if you don't have a biblical worldview, you're like, hey, I'm a Christian, but I don't do a single thing that Jesus said to do. I'm not a follower, and I don't really care. That's right. Then that's like, well, then you're not a Christian. Well, yeah, that's way different. Yeah, just get a new title. Yeah. Yeah. I could be jumping to uh, big conclusions. Let's see what they say. The study shows in general that while a majority of Americans self-identify as Christians, including many who identify as evangelical, what the heck is the difference? Believe that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is the creator of the universe, more than half reject a number of biblical teaching and principles, including the existence of the Holy Spirit. Strong majorities, uh, actually, I kind of want to look at the survey. Strong majorities also errantly believe that all religious faiths are of equal value. People are basically good and that people can use acts of goodness to earn their way into heaven. Oh, I mean, at least a few of those are biblical tenets. I think the people are basically good um, is a contended item within um, smart people who love Jesus. Like, not that... um, it, it's the the definition of good is is what's problematic, right. um, but like I, I'm not sure that like I and I, I get it. That's why this is a worthy discussion on like, hey, you're sinful from your uh, from your mother's womb here. Uh, but um, I think I, I, anyway, I, that one I'm, I'm open to. I guess 
Um, it says, too often it seems people who are simply religious or regular churchgoers or perhaps people who want a certain reputation or image embrace the label Christian regardless of their spiritual life and intentions. I find that super odd. Like someone who would go, you know, I don't believe any of this, but like I just want to be a Christian. Is it a cool thing to do? Everybody I don't get the sense the it's a cool thing to do. I've got, I've got I was I had a fellow that I work with over for uh, Dinden recently. Yeah, and we got to ch- chatting after dinner, sitting out on the front porch or back porch, uh, rather. And I forget how it came up, but we were talking about uh, religious beliefs. And um, he said, "Actually, I'm a, a baptized Christian, and uh, you wouldn't." Uh, know it from anything uh, that this fellow has ever said in his entire life. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that's what he said to me. He said, I'm, yeah, I'm a baptized Christian. And I said, okay, t- uh, so, you know, how's that going for you? And he's like, well, you know, when I was a kid, I was in the church and stuff, and now I'm an adult and I have my own views. Oh. And I said, oh, okay. So, so uh, <laughs> I think he's just like basing that off of like what happened to him as a youth. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was, uh, but you know he's still kind of holding on to it. Yeah. What, and what other things besides Christianity does this happen? Like, uh, like, like, could you if you played? Let me ask you this question, Dan. You played uh, football in high school, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. If people go, "Hey, Dan, are you a footballer?" You're like, "Yeah, I play." Yeah. Like, would you say that you'd represent yourself as a football player? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> it seems it's like, yeah, I, when I was younger, I did, but I just don't do it anymore. I've fallen away from it. Now I do, uh, I make toast or something. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they, they look at it as an identity thing, like if you're Irish. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. just because you don't live in Ireland, you still are have an Irish heritage. Maybe they look at Christianity as more as a heritage or a... Uh, I come from a long line of footballers. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but wouldn't it matter, like, if you're proud of it or not? Right, like let, let's say I'm trying to think of another action of which you do it a lot as a kid. Uh, it is some semblance of your identity, and then you walk away from it. But you would still want to be associated with it. Bedwetter, skateboarder. No. Yeah. Well, what what, what skateboarder? Skateboard. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, similar to the football examples. Like I, it was a lifestyle of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. It's how you go to the stores. How you. Get around town. Yeah. How you go to school? But like, but like, let's say you now disagree with the punk culture related to skateboarding. But, like, would you still introduce yourself as a skateboarder? If you met uh, a fellow skateboarder, maybe you would. You'd be oh, like, because you want to, you think yeah. you're buddy-buddy with him. I used to ride the turnstiles, bro. Yeah, but you said used to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. I ride the turnstiles. Uh, I'm a skateboarder. Yeah. No, I'm a, you're right. I'm a, I'm a baptized skateboarder. I'm in the club. It just seems weird to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like an odd dichotomy to be, like, I, I don't know why people... What the motivation is for someone to go, yeah, I used to be, a, I, like, I am a Christian, even though you're absolutely, you're not really, you don't believe or follow it, your views have changed, like, can't we just say, like, say, talking about in the past tense makes sense, I, I guess theologically, that maybe they got, he's onto something and just doesn't even realize it, <laughs> like, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a member of the kingdom, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just thinking through things, who knows, I don't know, but anyway, it just seems weird, it yeah. seems like, a, like and, and it seems unique to Christianity. I mean, there are uh, people who claim to be Jew. I mean, I don't know if this directly correlates because Judaism is also, uh, you know, a heritage. People group. That, yeah, a people group, but they claim to be Jews and are, you know, not practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what the that's what the John says. Some claim to be Jews who are not. Yeah, they are the synagogue of Satan, Philadelphia. Hmm. Okay. Uh, a closer examination of the data on Christians showed that while some groups of Christians, like self-identified, born-again Christians, we got to get rid of these hyphenated things, Ugh. hold views that were more closely aligned with the biblical worldview, the survey still found errant beliefs among groups. 
From a sociological standpoint, self-identified born-again Christians are the siblings of self-identified evangelicals. There is tremendous overlap. I don't care about any of this. Uh, while the groups aren't considered, despite using different terminology to identify themselves, self-identified born-again and self-identified evangelical Christians possess nearly identical views on most of the beliefs evaluated. Across more than a dozen attributes studied, the average difference... I don't care. Um, self-identified, self-identified. Okay, here we go. More than 99% of that group... Um, Let's see, as the ground-raping American worldview inventory surveys have demonstrated, just 6% of U.S. adults possess a biblical worldview. Labeled integrated disciples for their demonstrated ability to assimilate their beliefs into their lifestyle, this group consistently, albeit imperfectly, comes closest to reflecting biblical principles into their opinions, beliefs, behaviors, and preferences. More than 99% of this group believe that the Bible is the accurate and reliable words of God, believe that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and just creator of the universe, who still rules the universe today, and say they have a unique God-given calling. Significant minorities still held beliefs that challenge the biblical worldview. Those include 20... Okay, here, there's the interesting part. 25% say there's no absolute moral truth. That means one out of every four people walking around claiming to be Christian would say... would go be on the opposite side of the conversation we had a few weeks ago when the girls were in, that there is no objective reality. There's no objective truth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's one out of four. That's not good. 33% believe in karma. More people believe in karma than the Holy Spirit? I feel like they haven't done any research into karma. They just have the pop culture generalized version of karma. It seems acceptable. Yeah, do yeah. good things, good things will happen. Do bad things, bad things will happen. It's the secret. Yeah. Secret. 39% contend that the Holy Spirit is not a real living being. Look, man, the only time that Jesus get all fired up, I mean like real fired up, is when you start dabbling in what's going on with the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying you just need to be careful here. <laughs> look, that sin where he's like, look, man. You don't, do this thing. You don't attribute works of the Holy Spirit to something else. Actually, this is perfect. 39% contend that the Holy Spirit is not a real living being, but is merely a symbol of God's power, presence, or purity. Now, to your point, uh, the Bible talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, like, there's a like, there's number of personifications of the Spirit. Um, now, I, hold on. Could this just, this just be bad theological teaching, right? If they don't believe it's a living being but it's merely a symbol of God's power, presence, and or purity. I mean, when you start talking about spiritual things, like, like facts start get real, uh, firm ground seems hard to land on. Even when you're teaching it or, or people are taking it, it doesn't matter how firm you teach it, actually. Like, when you call something a spirit, then they go, is that a real person? Well, I don't know. Yeah, living, even living being is a little bit difficult yeah. because you talk about Holy Spirit. It depends on what you mean about living. Like, if they're always living... Like, that might be a little more semantical than their, like, the concrete, mm -hmm. right, we found the, the holy digger here. Like, that seems a little... Yeah, it's kind of like, like, a, like a bowl of fruity pebbles. Like, I'm not sure exactly what's in there or how it works. I just know what it does. You're coming yeah. up with a lot of great analogies <laughs> okay, <thank> you. <laughs> I just had to wait. I needed to make sure it was appreciated. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So. Footballers, <laughs> fruity pebbles. <laughs> hey, man. Nathaniel's been promoted to the best support man in the biz. <laughs> I think that's fair. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't take this wrong. You were never in the running, Mike. Oh, you're not much of a, <laughs> you're not much of a support. You're more of an antagonist. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> that's also fair. And Dad's more of an observer, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he has the beliefs in his mind. What some support, some antagonism, but largely keeps them to himself until the time is right. Yeah. 
uh, Nathaniel's willing to support with his foot in his mouth uh, just to be part of the game, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I, I I actually think some of that's fair. I think I think if you think of notions of how do I think about the Trinity as beings or separate entities, um, I think you it's the Bible would even basic Bible reading would get you to a point where it can't just be like a symbol of God's power. Mm-hmm. So, like, how you landed on that would depend on whether the survey just gave them the option. Do you think it's this or right. this? Because if you didn't know, that might be the option you would choose. You're yeah, like, right. I don't want to overdo it and make it look like a like a ghost. Right. <laughs> Holy Spirit, A, like a walk the word. earth. Yeah. B, uh, helped create the earth when in, the, in Genesis. C, is a symbol of God's power, presence, and purity. Uh See, yeah, it's all attributing it to God. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. of the. I think Trinity. that's just poor teaching. I think. Whatever uh, happened to the Holy Ghost? I feel like people used to say that a lot. Now it's all Holy I Spirit. I think it's all King James stuff. Yeah, all I these think new it's the, it's liberal the, translations have taken us away from the truth. <laughs> that's that's right. See what it's done to the polling. That's right. You think living being? You thought wrong. It's a ghost. Yeah, it's a Casper. Well, it's that's Casper. the problem with the word ghost. Is is. Like the the connotation of ghost in our society is it was supposed to be dead, but it got left behind because it has unfinished business. I'm not even sure it's like a really good translation, right? Like what's it's pneuma, right, Dan? Like what's the? I think the spirit is and like I, I, the context of ghost Ooh. and how we think of that's, that's the Hebrew mic. Yeah, I said uh, that's how we think of ghost. Like we just don't talk about ghost in the myth, like meaning yeah. spirit in the same way. We think of like haunting ghosts. A, I think it's yeah. just the wrong connotation. Something somebody left behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although a helper, shoot, maybe that's right. Maybe the ghost has got it right on. Someone's, yeah, but God don't leave stuff behind. He sends on purpose. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like, yeah, his body resurrected and, and the ghost is still here. Yeah, it's not like a... Like a it's not a remnant. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's not a consequence. It's yeah, yeah. an action. <clears throat> okay, uh, so so I think, actually, if it, to, I wouldn't overreact to that part. I think that's... Um, there's There's mysteries of the faith of which... The notion of the Holy Spirit, although there are a lot of tangible things that that are known, um, I think it is not. It's perfectly okay to be like, you know, I just don't have a firm grasp because it's a, it's a being in holistically not me, not yeah. like me, and so I don't completely understand it. And that seems fair. I, I, I've never in my life uh, heard a an, a description of the Trinity that I thought, okay, that nails it. Yeah, uh, because yeah, it is. It's mysterious. It's it's like, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that we prepared, we should be prepared to be wowed when you, like when you when you figure this out and like you, you get to get the revelation of it uh, at the end of t- end of the days and you're like, oh yeah, that gosh, makes way more sense. We were we were off, yeah, just yeah. like every Jewish guy should have been when they thought, hey, I know what the Messiah is going to do and be, and yeah. like they see Jesus, like, oh no. boy, I just didn't see that coming. Yeah, that fits though. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was let's see, forty two percent believe that having faith matters more. Than which faith you pursue? Forty-two percent. Well, you just have to believe in something. Something. I. I really. I'm really into Zeus. Good for you. Great. I believe it's. There's like a heaven scoreboard that says yes, but he believes something. Greatest Artemis of the Ephesians. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. That's here, and that's not even a Christian. Like this is coming from Christians. I'd be interested to see what this, what the survey would be like for non-Christians in the same question, because mm, yeah. like. Like this doesn't even make any sense. It it it, it 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 it. I see it. I think I see it in how people behave. Hey, I just need to believe in something. Really, it's okay to believe in anything, and that's better as long as you got some level of belief. It's fine. No, because I mean, all that can hold is your bucket of belief, and that's not impressive yeah. at all. 
right? Like without works of the Holy Spirit, without Jesus' redemption, uh, well, I mean, I really got nothing. My belief has failed me multiple times. Now, mm-hmm. now here's the thing. If 25% believe that there's no absolute moral truth, then I would expect that bucket to be in this bucket as well. Mm-hmm. So 42, 25% of that 42 are probably people who are like, it, how, it, how can it matter? Because no particular religious thought can have a line on what is true. Yeah, and if you can't truth. know what is true, then the fact, actually, that fits exactly. If you can't know what is true, then it can't matter specifically what it is that you believe. But we still have this weird, like, vestigial tale of a virtue thing that says it's good to believe in something. That's the part I find odd. If there is no moral truth and it doesn't matter what you believe, why do we even care that you have any firm faith in anything? Huh. What does it matter? Yeah. That's, that's the part that's probably, that's weird, that lacks logic. Um, and 52% argue that people are basically good. Eh. I, I, that's an odd starter. That seems they just want to fight with certain segments of Christianity about yeah. that. Yeah. I don't, uh, again, I, I think that, that the, the good is a loaded term. Um, if you think about it, what percentage of the population has murdered a man? Well, it's not that many. Right. right. What, what percent of the populations are puppy kickers? And so, like, it depends on what your moral load is. Yeah. Um, so it, you could get there. But if you're asking what percent of the population um, has failed to meet the standards of good of which God has created and called us to, well, then, yeah, then nobody meets it. And then that's mm-hmm. where you get that a proper rendering um, yeah. where all have fallen short. But, like, but my neighbor's a nice guy. Yeah, and he yeah. keeps his yard clean, and... and and I'm not sure it makes it. I'm not sure that makes a particular point either. Like, yeah. if, if I'm trying to share the gospel, hey, did you know that inherently everybody's awful? Like, I, I think there's a much more. It's much more connecting case to be made that like God creates a world and He creates it perfectly, and anything that we do that doesn't match how the how He created the world to be misses the mark, mm-hmm. and then and then th- and that creates a gap, a break that we can't fix. Like that makes sense to me, and I think that's. I think people need to know, obviously, that you've separated yourself from your creator. But like, if you uh, the, the, when you lead with, "Hey, I think uh, people are inherently evil," what do they think of? Well, their grandma, their grandma making applesauce on the stove when they were nine years old, and like, grandma's evil. God thinks my grandma's evil. Yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, you just got to digest this stuff with some context. Yeah. All right. Uh, the survey results clearly demonstrate how careful you have to be when interpreting data associated with a particular segment of people who are labeled as Christians. Political polling in particular may mislead people regarding the views and preferences of genuine Christ followers simply based on how those surveys measure the Christian population, which I suppose goes to a broad point, which is, uh, this is true from a Christian perspective, it's true from, from any perspective, really, is that when they say, hey, most Christians believe, just know the bucket of Christians includes some guy who goes, I don't really care what you think as long as you think it hard, as long as you believe in it strongly. Zeus is probably, f- I'm a Christian, but uh, believing in Zeus seems just fine. Just be genuine about it. Yeah. And so, like, this is the swath of stuff of which we're getting critiques. Huh. I, I've, been, I've been preaching through uh, Revelation churches to Asia, chapters 2 and 3. And um, I've been really thinking about this. Like, the church in, in Sardis is, uh, you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. And, and, I, and I, thought, I thought to myself, that, like, that could be, like, most churches. I, I mean, how would you even know... You're in a dead church if the reputation is alive. Like everything's happening, and you know, you, if there's growth, there's there you have budgets and you have you know staff and great programs. Everybody in town thinks you're cool. Yeah, that this is kind of what you're describing it is is how many people are in dead churches? They've gone to a church and they thought, yeah, this is great, but they ha- obviously haven't taught the doctrine. They haven't taught right. truth. The, the, they haven't taught what the gospel really is. But they're part of a great church. 
or are they? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I you know that's interesting that you brought that up because I've actually been running that through my mind lately. Um, and so this is this is I, I think in my particular context it's been hitting me. I think it's true for for many contexts. Um, is that like you know we've spent a lot of our time focusing on um, uh, faithfully worshiping, praying together, and studying scripture. And then every once in a while, I just you hear the, about some stuff that other churches are doing. I'm like, boy, that's cool. That seems pretty cool. And like there there there's good programs and good. Um, uh, things that they like that the whole church goes through and 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 stuff like that and I think you know I just don't have um I just feel like there's so much scripture to teach that I, I just don't like I don't get divert what feels like a diversion to me but then I think to myself boy I, I you know are, are these things that people actually need like is it wrong is it wrong or too simplistic to go this this is all people need is we need scripture and we need prayer together and we need worship and then you need a, a sense of community like very basic Four basic ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then I hear things like this, and like, again, none of that stuff is implicitly wrong or, or bad. It all could be centered on perfectly right things. But like, it just causes me to, to think about like the main thing is the main thing for a reason. And like, everything still has to be kind of centered on all that stuff. And then you can, yeah, you can totally layer things on top of that that then are then supported by those four things. But like, if you, if I had, if you have a finite amount of time, like, I care about nothing else primarily except for those four things. And then everything else, I think, just, again, kind of stacks. But I think it's one of those things where, uh, to your point, Dan, if, like, if you look at it and say, boy, they got a really great church, well, what do we mean, what do we mean by that? Yeah, but doesn't, yeah. What does it mean to be a great church? Like, people are, are engaged. Well, okay, that's good, but are, are they engaged in the right things? Mm-hmm. Are they motivated by, by true things? Is it, it's a place they want to invite other people to. Well, great, I, I like to invite people over to my Super Bowl party, but, like, why? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, and like the why totally matters. And like I just, I, I get so nervous that w- we get the, the, the second thing right without getting the first thing right that I very, I'm just super cautious about dipping my toe ever into the second things, which I think is probably wrong in some way or another, but like it's just the thing that hangs in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was, there was another... Um, Oh, what is this? Uh, never mind. I don't want to sort through this. There was, there was the maybe I'll find this for next time. There was an American worldview inventory for this year that um, they released the top five most prevalent, seductive, unbiblical ideas embraced by Americans. Actually, here, let me just hit them real quick. Just see if any of it are surprising to you. Um, top, the top ten. Number one was the spiritually inclusive idea that having faith matters more than what faith you have. Okay, we talked about that one. Two, all faiths are of equal value. Three, belief in karma, the idea rooted in Eastern religions that uh, you get what you give. Four, the dismissal of absolute truth. Five, commitment to personal subjective morality. Okay, we talked about that. People are basically good. We talked about that. Success is determined by happiness, comfort, goodness, or fulfilled potential. So oh. we, d- we didn't talk about that. How do you define success? Hmm. Not, not like that. How, how would you do it? If it's not, am I happy, am I comfortable, am I good, or have I fulfilled my potential? I mean, all those are subjective, right? What did you think your potential was to begin with? How do you level goodness? <laughs> hey, man, I see you're sitting on your butt. I'm making the most of my life. Is comfortable for me, <laughs> like, not having to work, or is comfortable for me, like, I make a good paycheck when I do go to work? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, and, and happiness is like, I mean, that's totally in the eye of the beholder. Oh, you know, I think the problem, like, one of the things we should have an issue with here is that these, those are implicitly self-centered. Yeah. Uh, am I happy? Am I comfortable? Because, Mike, to, to, your, to that point, 
my comfort could be the ex- at the expense of someone else's, I don't know, high tax bracket. Or I like to sit on top of six people when I watch a movie. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> I'm comfortable, and I'm just going to have six people sit underneath me. And I'm just going to sit on them like a couch. <laughs> Right? I mean, I know it sounds like a ridiculous example, but like, if that's the only way you're <laughs> measuring it last things, week, I did. <laughs> it works. If you're only measuring things like that, what then? Then yeah, I mean, it's it could be completely out of bounds, and it, plus your comfort starts to be the drive for why you do things, right? Like, hey, my my grandma's in the hospital. I should go see her. That's uncomfortable at that hospital. Yeah. I'll stay where I'm at. <laughs> right. I don't. People don't ever get stretched. Yeah. Like humanity doesn't progress. Uh, nothing can happen collectively or communally or even in the service of others, if those are your measures of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's comfortable? Not going to work. You know what's comfortable? Not going out in the rain. <laughs> you know what's comfortable? Not driving in the winter. <laughs> so, so you know, like, uh, like, you know what's comfortable? Not cleaning up your kid's puke. When your yeah, kid no comes and gets you up at 2 in the morning, you're like, hey, I, I'm about to throw up. You're like, you're on your own, pal. <laughs> yeah. It's 2 in the morning, and I am comfortable. Yeah, uh, that lacks goodness. It doesn't make me happy. I'm uncomfortable. And frankly, my, my potential for sleep will be impacted. <laughs> yeah, that can't be the measurement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, next, uh, sexual relations apart from marriage are morally acceptable. Huh. That was not particularly surprising, I don't think. But no. I think that one goes back to success. If you measure your life success on happiness, comfort, goodness, and fulfilled potential, um, then things that otherwise make you happy or comfortable or seem good to you um, then become morally acceptable. Because if your morality is driven by what you think or feel, then the things that otherwise contribute positively how you think or feel have to be morally acceptable. But I think it's, it's think or feel in a uh, confined bit of time, right? Like, I, if I stack up a successful marriage with one sexual partner for 50 years, if I stack that up against the minute happiness you found with sexual partners, multiple sexual partners, like, you're not actually doing that. You're not actually ha- talking about them in their entirety, you're talking them as in bits of a good time. Right, you're putting the moment um, up against something else when, like, that didn't include, hey, remember that awkwardness when you had to dodge that girl's phone calls for six weeks because you just wanted to have fun and then and then bail on it? And you remember <laughs> having... <laughs> right. Well, you got Southern Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When well, yeah. you got the Southern Gentlemen. I mean, here's the thing. There's... there's <laughs> Uh, they're not having a fair discussion, right? Like, there's nobody that's going to go, hey, man, uh, it was exciting and new to have uh, sex with someone that I hadn't had sex before. Yes, I would probably agree. That probably was exciting and new. Um, If I had to stack that up against uh, a good marriage for 50 years with one sexual partner, I'll take that one. That one is coming to fruition for me. That's, uh, That's like exciting and new every time for me. Dan says, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Mike, your, your, your sex life sounds real lame. Yeah, okay, so I, I've explained this poorly. <laughs> Crap. I'm really going to regret this path that I've gone on. I don't mean that. I guess, I guess what? <laughs> Southern gentleman. Yeah. You know, so when I, I prefer the bold ball and chain. Uh, <laughs> the old predictable. The old, no. you know. No, you're taking me out of context. I guess what I'm saying is the entire. that more, the, the total package. Uh, that I get out of uh, my marriage, I feel like it doesn't even come close to stacking up against a random one night whatevers with people. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. And, but that's not how we're ever talking about it. They're yeah. like, I should. I feel like I should have the freedom to have sex with whoever I want. So here's the thing: is what you're saying is I should have the freedom to take from people without uh, giving them anything because success is determined by happiness, comfort, goodness, or fulfillment. Correct. I, I want to think- sing. 
Go ahead. With, with that argument, with, with the whole argument, it is that both sides haven't experienced the other. You know what I'm saying? Like I've yeah. only been with one person. That's so, right. So I can't, I can't, I can't compare that to 14 people o- over three weeks, right? Uh, and I don't want to. And and they don't, they can't compare what you know 30 years of the same person is is like because they they've not never know. I, yeah. I mean, um, so you go back to God's word and say, well, this is, I trust, I trust what it says. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like overall, like uh, of course, all these things are a flat out mistrust of uh, what God is saying, right? Yeah. You're taking your a uh, finite amount of time on this earth, and if you are not 80, right? Like, let's say that you are, you got 30, 40 years of this thing, so you've had 30, 40 years of looking at this world, and you go, I've got this nailed. Based on my experiences, the things that I've seen, this is the deal. And, like, uh, it's absurdly arrogant, uh, and based mo- mostly on how you feel about something or how something went, you know? And so, where God says, look, this is an overall truth, and... and Tell me what God's reasoning would be to to confide you uh, to one sexual partner if it was not best for you, right? Why would He actually care? Like, why would why would He get in the middle of it and say, "I want to control this"? Just like I don't want you guys eating macaroni and cheese three more than three times a week, right? There's a reason God steps in and goes, "Look, this is this this is what is best for you. It's what will bring you the most joy. It's not to shackle you or or to." to shut down the fun experience of life, it's to get the most out of life, mm-hmm. right? You're willing to settle for gum off the street, and God's saying, I have a factory of gum, and it will produce gum all of its lifetime, and it yeah. is the best, and it's fulfilling, and it'll be great, and it will, will give you more than you could ever even bargain for, and you're willing to start taking off Subway gum, right? And you're like, but I love Subway gum better than the factory. You're a liar. No one likes Subway gum better than the factory. You're literally changing reality to match your lowered expectations. Mm, yeah. That's not the way that this works. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's like the, the, the comparison is not what makes a human happy. A human, to Dan's point, doesn't have a concept of uh, the extent of happiness that's available if you've not experienced it. And so who do you trust to tell you which level of happiness is best and attainable? Uh, and that's, that's where you're trusting God's perspective on it. Yes. Um, number eight was rejection of the notion that people are inherently sinful. Now, I think the gap here is, again, is the use of the religious term sinful. If, if, if you were to say, are people inherently... Um, not, not God. Right. Or, or, or like, do, yes. do people inherently <laughs> fall short of, of acting perfectly? Yes. Well, then, yeah, I think everybody's in. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to ask, or ask the opposite question, hey, man, are, are people bent towards perfection and it just so happens that some people fail? Or does everyone fail at acting the way that they should? Right. They'll say, they'll say that. So I yeah. think, I think yeah. the load is the sin part. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, total, absolute depravity every day of every hour. Well, no, nobody's like that. N- no, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and I th- and it, it's too bad that the, we've... Uh, I think both undercut the notion of what sin is, but then overload on it too. Where like people, people think of sins as specifically things that are like um, morally reprehensible to them personally, yeah, um, or something that they feel that they feel like they should feel shame of. But again, it's it's just self centered. It's a wrong way to define what God's talking about here. What well, also mischaracterizes God's view of us as sinful creation. Right, like we say, when you say a phrase like uh, "people are inherently evil" or whatever, and like that is not the view that it's it's a logical view that God knows about me, but it's not a feeling that He has towards me. Right, like it's not my interaction with Him that He looks at me all the time and goes, "Evil, evil, evil, evil." It's all I see is evil. 
Right, right? He, like he's not disgusted by his creation. Correct. Like, and he's not letting he doesn't let it define his creation. Right. That's right. His creation is defined on with with, with love and grace. Right. And so, like, as much as sometimes we want to settle in, is like you need to realize that your go to is your way, not God's way. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I think when you struggle or when you lose a uh, calm, calm, gracious mind, uh, you will make a quick decision that is in your own best interest and miss the good thing that maybe God had for you. Yeah. But, like, God is not literally sitting up uh, on his throne going, I'm so disgusted with all these people, <laughs> right? That's not his posture to us. It is, I, you're making choices apart from what is best for you. Please come back to me. You know, and so, like, it's just, it's the connotation of the way that it's said that I think is probably the most offensive uh, the way that that we're using it. It's like, you need to realize that you're so evil. Well, God's the final authority here, and he said that I'm full of grace, and I can have grace and mercy and be and sit next to him. That's what God said about me. So I hear the thing that you're saying, and maybe you're right, but like the main point is just like we don't focus on Satan all the time, right? He got four lines in the New Testament. Uh, grace gets way more lines than, than, than humans' uh, depravity. And so it's just an odd focus to me. Uh, well, I, I think sometimes like you, you have to recognize, this is what makes it hard to talk, to bring good news to someone who doesn't realize that their situation requires good news, <clears throat> right? Like if you say, hey, man, uh, it, it's, it's often the separation from God that, that the good news is actually rescuing them from. Speak that to a, you know, a, an American culture of which you know, the average household is making $80,000 a year. No one's wanting for food. They're not wanting for shelter. Basically, you know, 80% of Maslow's hierarchy needs are being fulfilled here. And so they're like, hey, what is this? What, why is this news good to me? I don't need any of this. And so I think there is, there is something that you miss by, helping, by not helping people understand that, like, th- there are f- their existence is falling short of something. But, like, again... I, <clears throat> sorry, boy. I, I would agree that that's not the prime. It's not the prime cut of the story. The only reason you, that I think that's necessary is because it helps you one understand God better, and then two understand the gift that you're being given on His behalf. Sure. Hmm. Number ten, <clears throat> and the conclusion that the purpose of accumulated personal wealth is unrelated to God's purposes. I don't know which Bible you're reading. People have come to the conclusion that the purpose of accumulated personal wealth is unrelated to God's purposes. Wow. What, well, There's I, some major portions of Scripture that I feel like you're, what you're this, enjoying. What does this mean, though? Um, and interesting. When it comes to life outcomes, the views people have of biblical worldview and those who are don't are diametrically... Uh, let's see. Four out of five people with a biblical worldview believe that the personal accumulation of wealth has been entrusted to them by God to manage for his purposes. 81%. However, just one out of five other adults embrace that belief. I don't. I guess I don't understand. That makes sense. If four out of five embrace it, then they would only leave one. They believe that the personal accumulation of wealth has been entrusted to them by God to manage for his purposes. That doesn't sound like what they said. No. Because that sounds good. Adults with a biblical worldview were nearly universally agreed that success is best indicated by consistent obedience to God 98%. Well, that's right. Across the nation, though, just one out of five people bought that perspective. In their mind, success was more likely to be defined as being a good person, uh, experiencing happiness or freedom, or living a healthy and productive life without economic oppression. Yeah, I mean, once again, uh, that's a real movable target. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, a lot of those were crossing. Hey, you've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging on with us so far this week. Um, if you, if you uh, want to contact the show, you have feedback for us or maybe a question that you want us to answer, we'd be love to be able to do that for you. You can call 
or text the Live from the Path. Bob Eisenhower, complete line 515-517-0085, 515-517-0085. We would love to hear from you. It's always encouraging to do so. And uh, if we read your uh, question or comment on the air, uh, you get a free uh, a hallelujah from us. Ooh. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Like generosity knows no bounds. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. I would promise to send you something, but like, I don't, I, I forget to mail in the Menards rebates. And they probably get me for multiple hundreds a year because I forget to mail them in. And so I'll say that I'll send you something, but I just won't. I've got this, actually, I got some edamame, some dry roasted edamame that's been sitting on this counter for about a year. Because I think I bought it as an impulse buy, and it's terrible. Just awful. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I may, I'll send those to you, maybe. If you give me your address, I'll, I'll send them to you in the mail. That's no problem. You ready? Uh, wait, don't you want to know eight reasons why we can't follow Jesus apart from the church? No. Mm. Mm. No, Nathaniel agrees. Next week. You cannot we'll talk to Justin Bieber later. Jesus is coming back for his bride. Nah, I'm not, never mind. Oh, hey, wait, no, hold on. Hold on. No. Don't let this. No, no. No, no, no. No, man. Hold on. Let me see. How long have we been talking? How long has the show been going? Uh, 36 minutes. Yeah, I got time. What, do you want to go? You want to go, bed? Yeah. You got the sickness? Yes. Okay. You're making everybody sick. Okay, I'll pick this one up. Next week, we're going to talk about... that. Uh, this, this is a, r- a running theme of, is this really a Christian problem? Because uh, there's a guy that r- wrote a thing that said, basically, evangelicals gave a pass to Lord of the Rings and then got all upset by Harry Potter. When many of the themes and magical arts and spirits and things were equivalent uh, among the two. That sounds like a real dog starter. Who cares about that? What do you mean? Is there people up at arms about this? That's, well, that's the question. Is I, I, I came across this and I thought like, uh, I mean, I know there's people who don't let their kids like uh, read Harry Potter. Right. Um, because they're like, well, there's wizards and stuff in there. But then like, hey, there's wizards in the Bible. I, like who? Who's that? You there? mean like the Chaldeans? Well, the Chaldeans, for one. I mean, the Charlatans, for sure. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you got the Witch of Endor. Yeah, there we go. Witch of Endor. I, yeah, she's not a wizard. I mean, it's good. <laughs> very well the same. I don't know the actual definition of a wizard. I think it's certainly it's not a witch. I think witches and wizards are different. Yeah, yeah but they're both magical people. Hey, wait a minute. Wiz- Never mind. Uh, so, so I like that. That was part of the question for me. Is that like we're. I know that people make this distinction. I, I, I've never had. My kids read Harry Potter. I don't care. It's like, to the extent it's fake, we just call things fake and we move on with our lives. Um, like playing Monopoly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a weird thing to get fired up about. There ain't no actual free parking. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to Boston? <laughs> um, but I, I guess that was the thing. Like, this is a real long, this is a real long article. And I'm like, I don't, like, are we having, are we having this problem? Like, I know people who do this, but like, I'm not sure it's a broad problem. Uh, and and I, I just like the the things that that uh, get Christianity gets paid in with the sometimes we've talked about a few different articles over the last six to eight weeks that where we said hey uh, is this really do you remember the one about dudes crying yeah uh, <laughs> and there was something else we talked about we're like is this really is this really going on um, but but then again based upon the survey that we just read like it's, there's yeah, all right. kinds under this Christian banner. And, uh, I mean, do we have to actually speak to some of this stuff and go, hey, look, knock it off? Uh, I don't think people debate, like, on the, the um, Harry Potter yeah. deal is, is, like, what the intent of the author or the belief of the author. So they're like, well, this guy is a person of faith, and he meant it as a Christian thing. And the other person is not a person of faith, and therefore they can't be meaning this Christian-like. And so, therefore, you can't read that. Yeah, I, and that was one of his points, yeah, uh, which so. I think is goofy. 
Yeah, like, because like, it's to say, yeah, right. They're still wizards and right. still, you know, all that Well, stuff. and I don't know Magic. what news article you're reading that's written by a Christian. I don't know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what sandwich from Blippies you're getting that's made by a verified yeah. Jesus dude. <laughs> What's your intent to this sandwich, sir? <laughs> yeah. Are you putting the Holy Spirit into this sandwich or are you your own pagan beliefs? What, <laughs> right? That's ridiculous. Right. Is and, it the sacrifice to idols? Right, and like even C.S. Lewis like would fall into that category, right? Like any any fantasy or fiction book, you're suspending some level of disbelief, and they're like, "Well, this this otherworldly thing points me away from Jesus." Well, stop watching Star Trek. Like, well, just pick your things that says that proposes anything that isn't Jesus dying on the cross and the human world. But like, I think our our, our imaginations are meant for something bigger than that, and so like. I like I get it. I get the restraint. Um, I just I, and I think there is a righteous call to say, look, are you being hypocritical about this because you knew that uh, Tolkien was a Christian and he intended it for Christian purposes? Well, like is, you tell me, like your your ten year olds reading the book, going, boy, as long, I really hope this is a Christian who intends it for Christian purposes. This may fulfill my life, as opposed to actually, I I, I can't speak to it, but J.K. Rowling says she is and says there are Christian themes in Harry Potter. I think there are actually. Um, but like, I, I just like, we get kind of weird about, and goofy mm-hmm. about that kind of thing. And, uh, I just, I don't like it. This felt like this guy had a point and then he went off on a real tangent, but like, uh, I didn't like it. Cause I'm like, we look silly in some of these things. And then I don't know. Yeah. It's like the videos going around. Like you can't sing songs from a particular church because well, the preacher there preaches X, Y, Z. Therefore all music is bad. And therefore you can't, you know, sing anything from that church it's like well i think you could say that about the old hymns too you know it's like oh that came from a bar that you know that yeah, right. person didn't really believe what they were writing i mean uh, i mean we're not trying to put it in the canon yeah right you know right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing i took in a thing i saw and if it's yeah. leading you to sin you should stay away from it who was the guy who wrote uh it as well horatio somebody Rizzoro. yeah was that horatio risorro no, no, it's not. <laughs> Whatever. The, the guy who wrote it as it as well. Uh, Zorro. Stop, stop, stop saying that. Uh, and anyway, so like I've read, like it's a cool story where he yeah. writes the writes the song after his his uh, family perishes in between the Chicago fire and the boat crash or whatever. And so like it's a cool story. And then uh, and it's encouraging to think about the song and how he reaches and clings to the Lord. But then, like, I've seen follow-ups where they're like, I'm not sure the rest of his life actually looked like that. And I thought, well, that's sad for him, but I don't care. Like, I'm not sure what that, what does that matter to me? Yeah, that doesn't destroy the song. Yeah, like, the song still is, like, it was say, well, hey, well, it didn't work. Well, I'm not, it's not magic. It's not a magic tune. It's supposed to remind you of true things already. So it's a human expressing in their own words um, something that reminds them of, of something that they know to be true or needed reminded of being true that came from Scripture. And so do I expect the, the, like the human effort to be some sort of level of magic of which it means this guy's going to live a perfect life and never doubt the Lord because he penned this tune? Like this, it's just a weird expectation to have. Like I'll, I'll, find any way, I'll, I'll find any means or thing at my disposal to be able to be reminded of a true thing that God said or did um, and to praise him for it. I, you can get that from a secular tune on the radio just fine. There have been a number of songs where I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't like sing it in a church because it was not, um, it's not worshipful. Um, it's not bet- bet- us to him. It's more like reminders of who we are type of thing. But like, there's been plenty of songs where I listen to it. I'm like, you know what? That reminds me of a true thing that God said about me or think true thing that God did that impacts how I think about myself or the world around me. So yeah, I, I dig on that. And like, that's totally fine. Like just just because the guy that wrote it didn't intend. In fact, there's a song. Um, 
I can't remember what it's called, but there's a guy who wrote a tune that called um, "Let Let It Get High," "Let Them Get High," "Let Them Get Stoned," "Everything Will Be All Right If You Let It Go." It's like the chorus, and so it's not good. It's not. A, it's like a cold. It's okay to do the drug use, but like the main thing is like he's 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 talking about like um, uh, Jesus. Go go to my friends. If they knew you, then their lives wouldn't be the same. And like I don't know why this what this guy meant. I don't. I think I read an, an interview. He's not a Christian dude, but I listened to it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's right about this. This particular verse here, I sing with gusto and in praise to the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and like, and I don't care what his state of mind was. It doesn't matter. And so, like, I, we just, we just, where do we stop being weird about it? All right, I covered a mic. Shut up. You ready? Go ahead and read. Well, your, we can still read it. Next, read your problems next week. Dare life from the path. A friend of forty years is, is always saying what she can't afford. Yet she owns property, has a four hundred one k, always finds additional work in her field, and buys the cheapest groceries. She won't spend a dime, even when it's necessary. In a recent text, she was going on again about money when I jokingly quipped, You're probably a millionaire by now. She jumped on me as if I called her the B-word and went off on a rant. I was dumbfounded. I apologized because she felt I'd badly offended her by calling her a millionaire. When she didn't respond, I left it alone. This was a few days ago. This morning, I got a text from her as if nothing happened. I'm no longer feeling like I'm her quote's friend. Looking back, she was never a good hostess when I flew out of state to visit her, nor has she ever treated me for lunch or dinner, although I was happy to treat her to lunch when she came to visit. I don't feel the caring, generous, giving aspect that usually goes with long-term friendship. When she was down financially, I offered. I've experienced the same from her. I feel shot down and ready to call it quits. Your expert advice is most appreciated and needed. Yeah, I mean, your friend's a cheapskate, okay. Uh, but, like, she's trying to move on. Wasn't, I don't get it. Yeah. She, she, I mean, <laughs> she acted as if nothing happened. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, let's move on then. <laughs> Are you wanting her to draw it out? So you really think I'm a millionaire? <laughs> that is, that's a really weird reaction to have to somebody. Th- this person acts like they're twelve. How can they have a friend of forty years? Yeah, it's like I've invested forty years of my life into you. I don't think I'm. Wor- I don't think you're worth it anymore. You haven't taken me out to dinner. Yeah, I don't. This seems real weird. It, it is. Tell it's, me who doesn't do this when you have a fight with your wife. Right? One slight of thing happens, and then you're sitting on the couch going, you know, actually, overall, I'm mistreated. <laughs> I'm not uh, valued in the things that I'm doing. <laughs> and whatever. This is, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is just classic stuff when you got in a roast, and then you're like, maybe I was right or wrong about whatever this was. But the general pattern is that I'm all right. And everybody, especially this person right here, has been taking me for granted. <laughs> this is what a regular fight between two people who care about each other looks like. And, like, you're trying to put some kind of finality to it, like a, I don't know, like a, some kind of drama monster. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, she never takes me out to lunch. Well, I mean, if you didn't have a problem with it last week, I don't know why this week is coming at you. Yeah, what yeah. do you care? You said something that you thought was a joke over text message, which can obviously be mis- mistaken in. She took it offensively for one way or the other. You learned your lesson that she's pretty soft on this particular issue, and now she's not going to belabor the point. You've been given a gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to move Maybe on. you should ask yourself why you're friends with this person in the first place, right? Like, you listed all these these things that are supposed to be, like, the enders. But, like, I got plenty of friends who are cheapskates. They will never, they Dutch treat everything, right? And they will order, like, the cheapest thing on the menu. When you're going out to, like, a Texas Roadhouse, and they'll get a sandwich. And you're like, what are you doing? We went to the Texas Roadhouse. They're like, I got a sandwich of water. This looks good. I'm like, it does not look good. We're getting an appetizer, and I'm paying for it. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, you got a friend like that? Uh, it's like going out with Nathaniel. Right, you just no. assume. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm not> cheap. <laughs> Nathaniel, what's your take on this? 
Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, she said she had a 401k, and you can't be like taking that out before you know you're old enough. So she can't be spending all her 401k money on lunch. Yeah, I don't think it's actually makes you a curmudgeon to have a 401k. <laughs> they give those out like candy when you work. <laughs> yeah, it's free money. Yeah, I mean, you'd Why be fool not to it? have one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I won't take your blood money. Uh, the lady who wrote in. She's, being, she's taking this too seriously. But also, seriously. like, it, you know, if someone calls you a millionaire, you don't need to get all offended about it. Oh, you think I have money? I, I mean, I suppose... Yeah, it, yeah I do. <laughs> but, like, what does it matter? Yeah, you yeah. should be a millionaire by now. Yeah, I'm, like, six times over. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it just it kind of depends on how close of friends you are. Like, I, I don't have a... Uh, I assume that most people that know me within it, like that are close to me, have a rough idea, like in the ballpark of how much money I may have. Like you can look at a guy's house and go, he must do okay. <laughs> He's got a big place, yeah. or you know, probably not. They're probably having a rough go of it. They have have a small place. Like I, there's ways you can take it in. It's not like it's a crazy surprise. I, I do well at my work. I would. I mean, I don't have a problem saying we do all right. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Like it's just a weird thing to get all ganked up about. Yeah, I mean, I might follow up and say, "Hey, I didn't really mean to make you mad, but I'm kind of wondering why you're so sensitive about it." Who are you talking about? I do great. <laughs> Look at me. I said I do all right. I got a big house. <laughs> I may be a millionaire. I have multiple cars. <laughs> I have more chickens than you. I bet. <laughs> Your chickens keep dying. <laughs> yeah, we, we get robbed by the coyotes, <laughs> the, yo- the yodis. <laughs> hey. I'm insulated from the troubles in my environment. The so coyotes I, don't even bother me. They see that I'm wealthy. <laughs> I, my daughter went through a hunter safety course, and uh, I, I went along as the guy that drove her there. <laughs> and then they said, hey, you could sit in on this hunter safety course. I'm like, all right. And, uh, man, I learned all kinds of cool stuff. These DNR fellas, here's one thing that you don't, I, I don't know what you know about the fellas that work for the Department of Natural Resources. Their territory is wherever they are. <laughs> Right? The sheriff gets to the boundary of the county, and he's, then he's like, whoa, whoa, you can't get me. <laughs> the DNR can arrest you everywhere. <laughs> right? They're, they cover the whole state. And so they, they, they can pull you over uh, on the highway. Uh, they, they have the same authority as all law enforcement. They just got no boundaries. They can go wherever they want. They can cross state lines. It doesn't matter. Well, that's awesome. It's awesome. How do I become a deputized DNR man? You don't have the stones for it, Ben. No, I probably don't. No, you're too wrapped up in your career and how much money you make. Yeah, do you think the coyotes would stay away from me? Do they know I'm wealthy outside of my property? Yeah, the coyotes know. That's why they won't come to your place. Yeah. They don't want it infecting their dead. <laughs> okay, let's, let's dig on the response. Yeah. Secular says, Before ending a 40-year friendship, please tell this woman she hurt your feelings. Then ask why your casual comment triggered such a strong reaction. Her response to your reasonable question will tell you everything you need to know about whether your relationship is salvageable. Yeah, I mean, this I don't. This doesn't feel like the end of the world, really. Like, if everything else was fine, and this is the one thing in a 40-year run that has caused a little bit of a roast, maybe you just don't overreact on it. Yeah. Uh, okay, ready? Glenn one more. Glenn Fry says it right best. Take it easy. They're, Take they're it life of the path. No, nobody wants to hear this. Take Yodis. it easy. Nathaniel, <laughs> you'll read this part. No, I'm going to read it. You ready? Dear life for the path, I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, and I'm undergoing chemotherapy. My children are still in school. I've lost all my hair and wear a wig without the community. It closely approximately approximates my pre-cancer hairstyle, mm-hmm. except it's a bit shorter with highlights. Acquaintances have seen me at events and complimented me, complimented me on my hair. Some have asked questions such as, did you do something different with your hair? It looks great. And your hair looks so different. Did you do something new? I prefer not to share my diagnosis with these individuals. One person even began touching my hair. 
What is the appropriate response? When I replied, thank you, they stared at me, expecting more of an explanation. Yeah. Look, if you don't tell them that you had cancer and your hair is now dramatically different, just in the normal course of the day, people are going to go, wow, man, your hair looks dramatically different. (laughs) What was the deal? (laughs) What happened? And then you go, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I just thought I'd try something different. You sound super fishy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, you don't need a fantastic answer. You just need one that's better than being dismissive about it. Like, yeah, yeah, like Dan said, hey, hey, are you doing something different? I'll just grow it out a bit. Fine. Yeah. I, yeah, I tr- I'm just trying something new. Like, it's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to press you on it. Oh, what exactly are you trying to do? Which comb did <laughs> you use? Know. Yeah. <laughs> What's the exact color hex number you got in there? <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Pantone what? Like, I just, they're not likely to ask. So just, you know, especially if they're the type of acquaintance, you don't want them to know this, that I got to assume that they're, like, unless they're super aggressive, they're going to be just fine with a, yeah. a better, like, a, just a halfway decent answer that acknowledges that, yeah, something's different. Because, like, here's the deal. It's not fair to these types of... To, to Mike's point, it's not fair to, to look different and then have someone not mention it. It's yeah. the only thing, too, so that they don't know what's going on in your mind. and so Or they, your world. Or anything else. Right. They don't right. know anything. They just know that your hair looks different. They're just being nice. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. your hair looks different. I have breast cancer. Oh. Well, yeah, I the, wish I wouldn't uh, have mentioned the hair. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Right. right? I didn't realize it would set your... your Here's what's probably true. Uh, having breast cancer is terrible, and it is a weight on you. It's consuming your mind and thoughts. And your kid, you're like, right? It's it's your whole world right now. They're just trying to be nice, right? Yeah. They're just trying to say, hey, your hair looks different. They don't secretly know it's a wig, or if they do, they're polite enough to be quiet about it. Yeah, I would take every one of these as a compliment that you found yourself a stellar wig. Yeah, because yeah. most of the time, people are like. That's a rug, rug, tug a rug. I can look at it right now. That thing will come off in a stiff breeze. Especially dudes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the lady wigs come from, but the dude wigs come from some back alley seamstress who can't seem to get any any like mentionable pattern of a dude's hair on. It's all of a sudden the guy was like bald, and now all of a sudden he's like uh, he's like a throwed out seventies man. Like it's coming out of every pore. And it and it's real tripped up right by his ears. Like no one believes this, you know. Yeah, the fellows don't know how to play it subtle with the wig. Yeah, they, they really go to town on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we solved that one. Yeah. What I does the so. secular say? Okay, secular says, "You are not obligated to discuss your medical information with quotes acquaintances. Thank you should have been enough. However, because it wasn't, I'm guessing the people doing the probing probably realized you were wearing a wig. Oh, wow. Secular says we're on to it." I discussed your question with Piety of Beverly Hills, a longtime wig maker, to performers in show business as well as cancer patients. He told me that the handling of the question could be as simple as saying, you saw it online or in a shop, thought it was cute, and have been enjoying wearing it. During our conversation, he shared another tidbit. Many people wear wigs and extensions these days for a variety of reasons. So many adults have dull or thinning hair that your healthy, shiny locks are somewhat unusual, which may be why people have been quizzing you. That's true. If you went like totally, you know what I'm saying, She said it was close, though. Yeah, that's I true. I think from her perspective, it was close. I, think, I, I don't think it's all that. I think she didn't know how to answer this well, and so she wouldn't talk to a wig man. Uh, there's more. Yeah. That said, consider wearing your wig to a beauty salon and talking with a stylist about what you're encountering. Wigs that aren't custom-made have so much hair that they don't look natural, particularly if the wearer didn't have a thick hair to begin with. Hey, man, if I, if I bought a custom-made wig and they tend to come with too much hair, I would feel like these people should be better. Yeah, I, you make custom wigs. Don't yeah. send me one's got too much hair on. I ain't taking it to the ten dollar dude who cut my hair my whole life. I got no hair because of that. Dude. That's right. I paid four hundred bucks for a wig, and you send me to the super cuts to get it straightened out. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, by the way, this, this is garbage. A, this is a wig. That's like buying. That's like buying dentures that have like tartar on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Or like what the dentist is going to put a false tooth in. He's like, I got this uh, shaded to match the rest of your teeth. I'm like, no. I want the stark white one, like a brand new. <laughs> it's going to look out of place. I'm like, I don't want you stating it up before you put it in there. Yeah. I want one that looks brand new, like I paid for. <laughs> Otherwise, the guys at the, the the car dealership, first when I try to buy one, would kick in the door. Yeah, right. They'd be like, hey, this more matches you. Yeah, <laughs> I want this to match your place, punk. <laughs> Take a swipe at the fender. <laughs> That dentist is a real sneaky snake. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I degraded this tooth. I'm going to go bake it so it looks like your other teeth. That'll cost you extra. Yeah. If I wanted it to look like my other teeth, I wouldn't be buying this brand new one from you. <laughs> Give me the shiny one. <laughs> put it right in front. <laughs> it doesn't go in front. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we put our best foot forward. <laughs> Swap it out. All right. All right. Hey, we got, one, we got time for one more. You got one more? Yeah, okay. Hold on. I, had, I wasn't actually prepared for it. Here we go. No, we're not talking. Why is that one rough? No, oh. no. Yeah, these are terrible. Hold on. Oh, here we go. Woman starting to see through the boyfriend's big talking. Okay, oh. yeah, I'm ready for oh, it. Oh, 41 years old. We're I, experts at this one. Okay, here we go. Dear life from the past. I'm ready. I am a 41 year old divorced woman. My two grown children live with their dad. I have been in a relationship with Sir Talks a lot for 16 months. I f that's a quote, Sir Talks a Lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I love him, but I'm having lots of doubts. When I don't see him, it doesn't bother me. If I made pros and cons list, there would probably be more cons than pros. And he talks nonstop about anything and everything. If he's not texting me, he's calling me. We don't go on real dates. All we do is hang out or go out and grab a bite. He contradicts himself often, and if we argue, he is always the victim. He talks a good game, but I feel like it's all talk. I've gotten flowers once in 16 months and no holiday or birthday gifts. But his talk game is so good that I feel guilty for thinking about breaking things off. Is it me, or am I just feeling suffocated? Please give me some advice. What are you even talking about? His talk game is oh. so good. You just told me he like tells lies and stuff in him. Yeah, if he was as good at the talk game, you would know the difference. He'd be a smoke and mirrors man, and you can see the smoke and the mirror. Yeah, I, I, I think you're uh, not uh, really wanting to pursue this relationship any further. And you're looking for excuses, and maybe they're legit, and they probably are legit. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't so seem like out. you need any further justification. Yeah. Seems like a slam dunk. Break you're it not off. Married. Yeah. Here's the phrase: If I don't see him, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> well then, I shut it down. Then <laughs> you're not wanting to hurt his feelings, but yet it's going to hurt him more the longer you go. Yeah, but I, like I don't get this whole. What's the whole talk business about? What, like The only reason she seems to stay with him, I think I love him, except for the cons list is bigger than the pros. Uh, but he talks such a, he's such a good talker, but all her complaints were about his talking. I don't understand it. I think she means like he's, he, he sells a good future or sell like, Hey, things are great. And then, then she thinks, no, they're really not great. But when she's with him, she's like, no, he's really pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I she, mean, I get sucked in by that guy. Yeah. He sells an orange cleaner when he comes to my house. He's like hundred percent orange. And I'm like, he's like, look, it takes the stains off. I'm like, holy cow. This stuff's awesome. And then when he leaves, they don't clean nothing. Yeah. Things that's terrible. It's like water. Yeah. He's, his charisma is what cleans the couch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this seems like a slam dunk. I don't know why you keep it on. I just don't understand this. I'm, I'm confounded. I can imagine if you were about ready to leave your lady friend's house and you said, hey, I'll see you later this week. And, it, and she goes, 
If I don't see you, that won't bother me much. <laughs> It'd be just fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right then. <laughs> I, don't, just, I don't think I really like you anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, why are, are we just pretending here? We're getting all dressed up to go out and grab my tea. I could just stop at the Arby's by myself. I mean, There's just no reason to add this type of complication in your life for no reason. Yeah. I do kind of wonder, though, like, when people give have complaints like the one she does, like, hey, uh, we only go out for a quick bite. Like, we don't go out on legit dates. Like, can you just give me, a, like, a, a, even a shallow play-by-play of the last three times you brought this up? Like, did you say, hey, man, I want to go on a real date? And then when he refused, you said, hey, why, do you, why are you not taking me on a real date? Like, these seem like real basic things to ask. Yeah. 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 And then, like, what did he say? And then, like, the next night when it didn't happen, did you bring it back up? Because, like, also, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, there have to be rub points where, like, these things came out and we talked about it. And then he said something so dumb and banal, then you would go, that's why I don't want to be with this man. Right. And there is something to be said about two single people in their 40s trying to date. Right? Like, if when you're single in that area of life, in that age of life, um, it's where you're most likely making the most money at your job, right? Like your career is, is, is all the time that you've spent working is actually starting to pay out. And, uh, you know, and so the likelihood that you have a life set up as a single person, uh, yeah, it's harder to go, you know, to just interrupt everything and say, hey, you know, I can't go to this. I can't work late tonight because I'm going to go whatever. And so there could be totally extenuating circumstances, right? You know, uh, fellas, that like you could – if your wife said, hey, I want you to take me out on a date, your first thought is, yes, absolutely, I would love to do that. And then six months will go by, and you did not do it. Because mm-hmm. all kinds of life stuff it's showed up. Life, yeah. And you didn't mean to put it on the back burner, and you did, and, and she's, she's not going to be wrong when she says, you did not make it a priority. And you will go, yes, you're right, I did not. I let all kinds of things push it off the throne. But at the end of the day, it wasn't my intention to not go on this big date with you. I just, you know the kids had this or somebody called me here or this broke and we had to fix it. Random stuff, right? So like, if I'm looking out at two single people at the age of 40, can I say you're not 20 freewheeling with uh, a 10-hour work week? Like, I'm just guessing that you got more going on in life than Mm -hmm. that. And so, you might be being a little unfair, but then once again, if you don't even care about the guy, I don't see any reason to put any effort into it anyway. Yeah, Yeah, I bail on this directly. Yeah. Okay, ready for secular's advice? Wait, Nathaniel? Yeah, bail or or you need yeah, to stick yeah. it out. Yeah, get get rid of him. Nathaniel says, "Fix it. You got to work hard." He talks a good game, Nathaniel. Yeah, you got to put your muscle yeah, into yeah. it. You just you know, throw your deuces up to the past. <laughs> I love <it>. deuces <laughs> to the past. Here we go. Okay. Secular says, "It's not you. It's not feeling guilty. When someone's actions don't mirror what they say, it's a big red flag. You are being overdosed with smother love, which is really less about you and more about Sir Toxalot's insecurity." He can't let you have your space because he's afraid that if he does, you will escape. It is important that you listen to your intuition because it's sending you an important message. I find this uh, vice uh, unfair and heavy-handed in one direction. Yeah. Dudes like to hang out. That's what they're doing. He's hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. He likes you more than you like him, sounds like. Yeah. And he thinks he's doing good things. Yeah. That's probably why he's chatting away. He's like, I'm nailing this thing. (laughs) And you're not saying anything, (laughs) and so he's filling the void. Yeah. And he just keeps on rambling. Like, boy, she really likes to listen. She just keeps things close to the vest. That's cool. I could dig all that. And yeah. And he fires out another story nobody cares about. Yeah, he, he could. I mean, I know I know at least two to three guys that fit in this category. They're well-intentioned blabber boxes. And, like, they feel like they're, they're, they're really adding to the atmosphere. Uh, but it's not my style. And I say, look, you're just clogging up the atmosphere. You should I stop it. I bet. Listen here. I don't know why. <laughs> That's I, my impersonation of you. I could be the small house man. You don't know that. <laughs> 
Just an example. <laughs> you would have still life in the path. <laughs> we got to call it a bitchin' instead of a bitchin'. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Okay, you and us alive from the past. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We really do appreciate it. Hey, uh, I don't think it really does much, but uh, we would like you to, to leave a review. Uh, People about say the show. that it makes a big deal. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sold on that. But uh, I think open the algorithm. We yeah. might as well stay in on it. You know what I'm saying? We might as well go through the legitimate uh, things that other people do who run podcasts. So. Uh, if you would like uh, like the show on uh, give us the, the whatever the appropriate rating is on any of your given podcast app, we appreciate it. And also, if you want to leave a review, I think that would be great too. Uh, also, if you have any feedback for us on the show, you can shoot us a, uh, a text or a phone call. Leave us a voicemail at 515-517-0085. That's the Bob Eisenhower complaint line, 515-517-0085. We would... As always, love to hear from you. Uh, we have uh, we're sorry for the for the long delay. Uh, I think we're gonna have some bonus a bonus show coming out here in the next week or two uh, to try to fill the gap where we've uh, not been able to meet. And uh, other than that, we're gonna try to hook up in the uh, next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path. <laughs>